Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. Uh, wherever you live, wherever you're tuning in from, your travels take you. We're glad to have you guys as well. And listen, if it's your first time joining us, however you're joining us, we really value your time. We appreciate you being here. So today we're finishing up a series that we've been in now for five weeks called Pray. And if you haven't caught every talk and you want to keep up with those, they're available on our website. Uh, You can go back and watch those. But today as we finish up, I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, First, I want to talk about, you know, how we respond when God doesn't give us an answer right away or, or when we think it's gone unanswered. And then I want to dive into uh, the consistency of prayer. We've kind of hit that for several weeks, but why we have to pray regularly and why that needs to be uh, a regular part of our life. Because my goal when we leave here today is that prayer will be a regular part of our life. And I'll tell you what's going to be a detriment to that or what's going to be a barrier to that. First of all, we are kind of out of sight, out of mind people. So we'll go on to next Sunday and we'll celebrate Father's Day. Just a little plug for that. Um, And then we'll kick off another series, right? And what we tend to do is, okay, we're focused on another subject. We're on to a, a different series and we forget a lot of what we learned in the last one. And that's human nature. If you take away anything from this series, the only thing that I'm asking you to remember is to pray regularly. It has to be a regular part of our life. So because things change so constantly, that's going to be a detriment. But also learning, number one, this is what's going to cause prayer to be a hindrance, a regular occurrence in our life, and it's this. Learning number one, we have a tendency to stop praying when we don't get an answer, right? We give up. A lot of times we pray about something, we don't feel like we've gotten an answer, and we stop praying. Well, you know, God never answered me, so what's the use, right? God's busy. God didn't think this was something good for me to ask, whatever, and then we just simply give up because we're discouraged in our prayer. So I want to look at how God answers our prayer. Now, logically, you would think because God loves us, He cares about us, He tells us through the Scripture, He wants to answer our prayers, you would think that God would answer us the first time we ask, right? That He wouldn't let our conversations go unanswered. So why is it that we're encouraged to ask more than once? Why do we have to make the same request over and over to God? I mean, that's a fair question. Because we learned last week, uh, Jesus said, I'm going to read, it's not on your outline, I'm going to read the verse. Uh, Jesus said, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I mean, the Bible many, many times encourages us to be regular in prayer. Colossians 
4.2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. It says to keep on praying, continue in prayers. Uh, in other words, don't pray and then not expect God to answer and not watch for God to answer. We have to listen. We have to pay attention. We have to watch for what God's going to do in and through our lives. And then that verse says to do it with thanksgiving. That's been a regular part of our talks on Sunday too in this series, right? We, we pray in thanksgiving. We thank God for what he's done, or we can thank him in advance for what he's going to do in our life. So back to the question, why do we have to keep asking over and over? Are we kind of like the kid, you know, that bugs the daylights out of the parent, just keeps asking over and over and over again until his parents, you're just at your wit's end and you give in and you do whatever it is your kid wants you to do? Is that why we continue to ask over and over? And that's not how God works. When we pray consistently and we ask over and over, that's for our benefit. It's not for God's benefit because what it does is it puts our focus on God. It puts our focus on Him. We become more like Him. We learn more about Him. We understand more about Him. So when we're encouraged to ask over and over, God knows that's for us. It's for our benefit. And the good news is God doesn't simply just wear down. We can't just wear God down and then get what we want by asking over and over. As a matter of fact, Jesus told a story. To He's told several stories to illustrate this point. The first one I want to look at is Luke chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now, it'd be easy to read that and think, oh, we are bugging God by continuing to ask. But this is right after Jesus taught them about the Lord's Prayer. Remember, we talked about how we're to address God as Father, to think of Him as a loving Father. This is where Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then He tells this parable right after that. And so what this is, it's a contrasting parable to show us this is not what God's like. Jesus is essentially saying, I'm not like this at all. I'm not like this guy who's laid up in his bed that doesn't want to get up to help you. You're never going to make me angry by asking. Look at Luke 18.1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should what? They should always pray and never give up. So again, another verse in the scripture encouraging us to keep praying, to be consistent and regular in our prayers. And then he launches into another story, and he tells the story of the persistent widow. Again, to say, this is not what I'm like. 
Luke 18, starting in verse 2. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. And again, we read this and we think, wow, I could be doing that to God. I could be wearing God out. But then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? If we're not praying, we're giving up, right? And my guess is if you're down, if you're discouraged right now, maybe you've given up. Maybe you stopped praying. When life gets too heavy, when the world starts to weigh more than it should, and we're just depressed and discouraged and anxious, I bet if you look, your prayer life's falling off. That happens to me a lot when I get discouraged or worried about something with the church, and then I evaluate. It's like, you're not praying enough. You've kind of let that slip. God is saying, I'm not like the judge. I'm not like the man in bed that won't get up. You're not bothering me when you come to me. So learning number two, regular prayer keeps our attention on God. It's for our benefit. When you pray about something over and over and over again, who are you talking to? Who are you focused on? You're not focused on yourself. You're focused on God. He's getting our attention. That's why we're encouraged to ask over and over again. And attention is the best thing you can give to a person. Right? Think about your wife or your husband or your grandkids or your children. When you give them your attention, it communicates to them, hey, you matter to me, right? You are important to me. So when we regularly pray and continually pray, that's what we're telling God. Hey, you're important to me. You matter to me. I want to know you better. I want to follow you. And God desires our attention. That's why we're never bugging him. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, can you imagine if we uh, spend as much time thinking about God as he spends thinking about us? King David in the Old Testament spent a lot of time focusing on God. As a matter of fact, God said King David was a man after his own heart. I want to read that verse. Acts 13.22, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. See, David gave God his attention. And then David said this in Psalm 25, 15, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. My eyes are always on the Lord. That's attention. He's given God his attention. What's amazing, he says, that he'll rescue us from the traps of our enemy. Do you realize you have an enemy, right? Once you come into a relationship with Christ, and I know not everybody's there, but you have an enemy, 
Satan. He hates your guts. He hates my guts. And I think a lot of times the closer we get to the Lord, the more those traps are set for us, right? Some, some of you, maybe that's been your week. It's been one spiritual battle after another. But David is telling us here, he's not just writing this, he's telling us from personal experience. He's saying, if we'll focus on God, he's going to help rescue us from the traps of life. So continual prayer, again, it's for our benefit. Another benefit, learning number three, regular prayer helps me decide what's important in life. Right? In other words, it helps us to say, what do I really want? What do I really want in life? And so when we're praying and and we're praying consistently, what you'll find is your prayers start to change over time. The more you follow Christ, the more uh, you get close to Christ, your prayers start to change. A lot of times our prayers are for our desires, right? We've got good desires, and quite frankly, sometimes we have bad desires, but we want what we want. But over time, our desires start to turn to God's desires. And ultimately, that's what we should all want, right? God's desire in our life. But as, he, as we talk to Him regularly and we're in fellowship with Him and we're growing in that relationship, He just starts to change our desires over time to line up more with His desires. I got to tell you, uh, being a pastor was never my desire. Never was. It was never on my radar. It's not like I prayed that. But over time, I started to figure out what God's desire was for my life. I knew what I wanted, but God had a different plan for me. And the more I prayed and the more I sought Him, the more He showed me His purpose and His will and ultimately His desire for my life. And and that's what we should want. We should want to know, God, what do you desire from my life? Now, every one of us watching and every one of us in this room, there is one common desire God has for all of us, and it's the same desire He wants in all of us, and that is He wants to be first place in our life. He wants us to put Him first place. So that should become our desire when we have a relationship with the Lord. And when we pray continually, we start to move God into that position. Again, because the focus is on Him, it's not on us. Psalm 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to give us the desires of our heart, but we have to go through that period where our desires start to change because we're allowing them to change. We're opening our heart to God. What else does praying continually do? Well, it kind of tests our priorities, right? It shows us what's important in our life. Because when we pray about something regularly and consistently, it's incredibly important to us, isn't it? Because we're praying about it. What's important to you? And if you're having trouble thinking about what's the most important thing to you, Go back to, I think it was week two when we talked about not worrying about anything but praying about everything. What are you worried about? Because whatever it is that you're worried about right now, that is the most important thing to you. Because if we're not praying about it, right, it's not a big deal. It's not a priority to us. But if we're worrying about it, that tells us a lot 
about what's important in our life. And I think once we can get our priorities right and we can figure out what it is that we desire and we align our life with where the Lord wants our life, that's when God begins to answer yes. When our priorities aren't right, sometimes God has another answer for us or he withholds an answer till we get those priorities right. So here's a mature question I think we ought to all be willing to ask ourselves at some point, and it's learning number four. Does my prayer seem unanswered because God wants me to put him first place in my life? That's what he desires. The more we pray, the more we seek him, he becomes first place. Another thing praying regularly does is it strengthens our character. And again, when God doesn't answer us on the spot or when we don't think he answered quick enough, during that waiting period, that's what God's doing. He's growing our character. He's teaching us to trust him. He's teaching us to fully rely on him. He's teaching us resilience. He's teaching us patience. We just think our prayer hadn't been answered because God didn't answer when we wanted him to answer. We don't like to wait. We're, we're used to things immediately. And when God doesn't answer, we think, well, he's just, it's an unanswered prayer. No. He's maturing us. During that waiting period for God to answer, he's maturing us. He's working in us. When, when I I'm going to go back to when I felt called into ministry, but when I felt called into ministry, I knew 100% that's what God was calling me to do, but he never clarified that. So after I was confident in that call, I started praying. God, give me clarification. What do you want me to do? I'm ready to do it. You know, I'm, I'm ready to get this done. Three years, nothing. God never answered me for three years. It's like, okay, you've called me into ministry, but now you won't tell me what? when, why, how, anything specific. And I got frustrated with God. I got angry with God. I got down. I got discouraged. I I was ready to throw in the towel. But now looking back on that, I know why I had that three-year period, because God was maturing me. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at all, and I would have made some pretty bad decisions. I would have gone in a direction that God did not want me to go, and I had to wait on his timing. So even though we think maybe our prayer's not answered, God's waiting on something. He's waiting to align something right in our life for us to get our priorities right, or he's simply maturing us. When we're mature enough, we know the difference between having to wait and then a flat-out no from God. God wants to meet the needs of our life. He really does, whatever it is. But we have to be patient. We have to wait on him knowing that he's working. Like that verse said, we watch knowing that God is working. He's far more interested in our character developing than he is just meeting our needs, right? It's all in who are we becoming in Christ. And through that waiting period, what develops? Our patience, right? A lot of you that have had to wait on something, you know the the power of waiting. It develops patience. Those of you that tried to get Taylor Swift tickets at the beginning of the year, right? You know what waiting is. 
right? You got in that whole Ticketmaster debacle, and they sent you to a waiting room. Some of you are probably still in that waiting room trying to get tickets. They're sold out, right? But it develops patience when we have to wait on God. We don't like to wait on anything. When something goes wrong in our life, we just, what do we want? We want God to fix it. God, take the pain away. God, fix this. God, take care of this. It's like the kid who, who runs to mom or dad has scraped up their arm, right, outside, and, and they're screaming and hollering like, you know, they've cut their arm off, and they're like, take the pain away, you know, put something on it, give me a, give me a Band-Aid. That's us when things go wrong in our life. We just want God to put a Band-Aid on it. We just want God to fix it, to take the pain away. But think about this. What if he did just fix it? What if every time immediately when something went wrong in our life, God just fixed it and he took the pain away? We'd feel good for a short term, right? But we would lose in the long run because we wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't learn any life lessons. Often, the hardest things we learn in life and the things that carry us through the rest of our life are because we had to go through some discomfort or we had to go through some pain in our life. And I guarantee you now, looking back, you wouldn't trade those life lessons for anything because that's what's guided you and gotten you through your life. That's how God's spoken to you through a lot of your life. That's what's matured you in your faith. There's no way we would go back and say, I would have rather had that short-term comfort. I, I would have had that, rather had God just take that pain away immediately than learn this life lesson. None of us would trade those in because that's where the learnings are. Those life learnings, that's what matures us. So just know when you're praying for something, a breakthrough in your life, you know, I want this for my job, I want this for my marriage, I want this for my kids, I want this for my church, whatever it is, you're praying for, God wants those things too, but he's more concerned with us growing closer to him and relying on him and our character developing through that. So I think a mature question that we could ask ourselves is, do I really want this or would I rather God do whatever's necessary to grow me and to mold me and to develop me into the person he wants me to be? That's where we got to get our prayers. God, this is my desire. This is what I'd like to have, but I'm giving you permission to do whatever you need to do in my life to make me the person you want me to become. Romans 6, 13 through 14 says this. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full-time, remember, you've been raised from the dead, into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're living un- you aren't living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. We need in our life what God deems best for us. And when we can read that verse we just read and say, while I'm there, I'm going to let God, you know, use me for his will and his purpose and his desire, and I'm going to let him grow my character and change me into the person he wants me to be. That's when we've surrendered our life to him. And when you think about it, 
when we pray constantly, it says, I trust Christ more than I trust myself. I trust Christ more than this current circumstance I'm in. I trust Christ more than what I can see right in front of me. Now, I want to show you a video, and I want you to watch a video with me of a young man at this church and his family who had to trust Christ for everything with their prayers. So let's watch this together. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm 45 years old. I've lived in the New River Valley for a couple decades now. I currently live in Floyd, Virginia. I'm married with three kids and three grandkids. Uh, on December 26, 2021, I was admitted to the hospital with COVID. Uh, over the next week or so, I started getting in, in worse shape. After about seven to 10 days, the hospital told me that there was nothing else they could do for me. They needed to intubate me and find me somewhere else to go. My family and I was praying and after I was intubated, my family was told that there was no beds open. So they continued to pray. The next day, about two o'clock in the morning, that prayer was answered. And they found me a place to go at a level one trauma center at Chippenham Hospital in Richmond, Virginia. The only problem was there was a bad winter storm and the helicopter couldn't fly, transport couldn't come pick me up. So again, they continued to pray. And before that morning, the skies opened up and transport was able to come deliver me to Chippenham Hospital. The next day, my family met with the doctors and the prognosis wasn't good. They didn't give me much of a chance to survive. They told my family I probably wasn't gonna make it. I think they were trying to prepare them for what the doctors thought was going to come. My liver shut down, my kidneys started shutting down. Both my lungs collapsed. And it just didn't look like there was going to be a way. Finally, they decided as a last-ditch effort to place a trach in my neck so that the air could be delivered directly into my lungs. And with that, I started to show just a little bit of improvement. That went on for a couple weeks, and they decided to start taking me off all the medication that was keeping me in the medically induced coma. A week or two later, I started coming to, knowing a little bit about what was going on. Everything was still foggy because of all the medication I'd been on and because I'd been, a, been under so long in a coma. And one of the first conversations that I can remember, that I can recall, 
one of the doctors came in and sat beside the bed. And he told me, he said, Mike, I was there when they brought you in out of the helicopter. He said, we had eight patients come in that day. He said, I want you to know you're the only one still alive. You're the only one that survived. And I just looked at him. What do you say? And I thought, God's not done with me yet. And if you're watching this video, he's not done with you yet either. He can make a way when there is no way. This isn't about me. I had no control over it. He decided it wasn't my time yet. And I'm blessed that he's given me more time to be here with my family, to be here with my friends, and to share his word and his love. I was on a ventilator for exactly 40 days before I was able to breathe for a extended period of time by myself. I think we know 40 days is mentioned in the Bible many, many times. My wife has said going through this that some of her most darkest times at first she felt completely lost had no control over any of the situation and when it was all said and done she finally decided to let it all go and give it to God and she knew whatever happened it would be okay and through that her faith is stronger than it's ever been and my faith stronger than it's ever been, knowing that it's okay not to be able to do it all on your own. I would call myself a, a type A personality. I like to figure stuff out on my own. I like to rely on myself. You know, I'm stubborn, far from perfect. But as a Christian, that's not what we need to be. God wants us to rely on Him. He wants us to lean on Him. He wants to help us. We just have to come to Him in prayer. And He'll answer us. He's there for us. And when we go to God and we pray to Him, we're not bugging Him. We're showing Him the importance of whatever we are asking Him to do in our lives. And all prayers are not answered in our time. God answers prayers in His timing, and sometimes that's hard for us to understand. But as long as we lean on Him and trust in Him, His plan is better than, than our plans. His plan for our life is better than anything we could even imagine. A lot of times all we have is our prayers, right? So we can't give up. 
And like Mike said, God's going to answer in his time. It's not always going to be the answer that we want. Guess what? Sometimes we're going to get a flat-out no. We think a lot of those prayers are unanswered because we didn't get the answer we wanted, and we just want another answer. But sometimes God's going to say no, and we got to know this is his will. And he's not going to give us something that's bad for us or harmful or hurtful to us. He's not going to send us in the wrong direction, but sometimes we'll get no. Other times, God's going to say, not now, not yet. Scott, you're not mature enough. Scott, you're not ready. You're not prepared. You, you don't have your priorities in line. And that's a tough pill to swallow. But listen, I don't care what age you get to in life, there's always going to be times when we're not mature enough for something God needs to tell us. And then sometimes God's going to say yes, like he did in Mike's life and Mike's family's life. Sometimes he says, it's time, the time is now. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and what? Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We don't pray over and over because we're trying to convince God. It's for us. It helps us to get our priorities right in life. And it points us back to that fact that we need our life to be centered on Christ. We need our character to becoming more and more like the character of Jesus. God wants to hear from us. We're never bothering him. We're his children. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we have the gift of prayer, that we can come to you at any time. And God, you hear us and that you will answer us. It may not be what we want right away. But God, we got to trust that you know better than we do. God, thank you for Mike and Karina and just for his willingness to be able to share his story with us. What, what an inspiration. Lord, and what you've done. Lord, that's all you. Forgive us when we don't talk to you enough or we don't come to you, when issues seem small to us. And God, if we remember anything, help us to walk away to remember we need to pray regularly that that's what you desire. You desire our attention. You're just waiting to spend some time with us. Maybe you're watching today or you're here in person and you've never said yes to Christ. You've never had that relationship with Jesus because maybe somebody told you you were doing too many things wrong or you needed to start doing things in your life or straighten up your life in a certain area. But listening to Mike's story, you know that's missing in your life. Why don't you invite him into your life today? If that's you and you want to do that, I'll lead you in a prayer to do that. You're not praying out loud. You're, you're just talking to God. Just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you. but I want you in my life. I want to be forgiven for my sins. I want eternal life when I leave this earth. So I'm inviting you in to be Lord of my life. And if you sincerely pray that, 
The Lord comes into your life and he changes everything, one day at a time. And those of you that have been following Christ, maybe for months, maybe for years and years, why don't you commit today just to being more regular in prayer? Knowing that God gives us that ability for our benefit, to strengthen us, to grow us, to help us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would do me a favor, uh, if you invited Christ into your life for the first time, let me know that through that connection card that's available on our Church Center app. also want to encourage you, uh, if you've got prayer requests, put them on that connection card. A lot of you uh, prayed for Mike during that tragedy he had to go through. We have the ability to pray for others as well. And if you need prayer today, put it on that card, and I can assure you our prayer team will faithfully pray through those each and every day. I want to thank you again for being here. Next Sunday's what? Thank you, Father's Day. Just another plug, shameless plug for Father's Day. Uh, You don't want to miss next Sunday. So we'll have services 8.30, 9.45, and 11. Is that right? Is that our service times? Yeah, that's our service times. We'll we'll have service times, I can assure you that. But uh, have a great Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much, and, and keep praying. God bless you guys.